binding the strong man. If you're listening to this via streaming it via the website or listening to it from a link, I want you to stay right to the very end and apply what you've going, is going to be asked. The Lord showed me, I believe, that this message can not only set people free and families free and towns and cities free because it is a, there is a key in this message that enables the demonic which is over us to be dealt to in the name of Jesus. And you can be set free from sickness, addictions, toxic relationships. When the demonic strong men are bound in the name of Jesus Christ and the demons under them are cast out. Look what Jesus said. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first bind the strong man and then he will plunder his house? How do you reach some people for Christ if you don't break the power of the demonic power that is over them. Jesus says very clearly, how can you enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man and then he will plunder his house? My friend Salmon Stevens, based in Wellington, runs Jubilee Resource International and he ministers around the world in healing uh, and deliverance. And in his Recent uh, book, I've got two or three copies circulating around. If you want it, come and ask me. And his recent book called Dealing with Demons, which is to do with deliverance in, of individuals, which we're not talking about today. But in, in this book, which is very, very well written, he gives insights into the evil spiritual influences and what to do about it. And he points out two main reasons why Christians need to learn about the demonic. One, because Jesus dealt with them and told his disciples to do the same. Whatever Jesus does, we should do. The second reason why we need to learn about these things is to advance the kingdom of God by setting people free from under all the demonic influence and control. Jesus also said, and then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. Put up your hands if you believe in Jesus. I've got my eye on you. And I saw you, Peter, holding hands in the service. And 
That's not binding the demonic, that's just flirting with your wife. And it's lovely to see. Getting serious, if you believe, the word of God says, they will cast out demons in my name. So if you believe in Jesus, are you casting out demons in his name? Think about that. And they will speak in new languages. They'll be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. At Promise Keepers, they had a breakout session on healing and deliverance. And Jeff Wickland made the point that it doesn't say they will be able to place their hands on the sick and then pray for them and they will be healed. He said, just lay hands on the sick. Well, we had um, we dropped into groups and one guy said, I've got such a sore back, I've just been to the doctors, they've x-rayed and they said, I don't think we can operate there. It's too bad and I'm in a lot of pain. So I said, sit in the chair and put your legs out. Sure enough, one foot was shorter than the other. And before we could pray and say, be healed in Jesus' name, the leg came out. Everyone saw it. We were all blown away. He was healed before we prayed. Lay hands on the sick and they will be healed. So he was able to stand up, twist and turn and no pain because lower back pain is often caused by skeletal. You know, it's very important that we realize that we actually live in a spiritual realm, not just an earthly dimension. We ourselves, individually, are made up of a body and a soul, which is our mind and our emotions, and a spirit. Now, if we are born again and the Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit dwells within us. He dwells within our spirit. We communicate with God spirit to spirit. God is a spirit. We understand, of course, that God is a spirit, and he is such a spirit, he is the creator of everything, and he alone is worthy of worship. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Sorry, we're going back a bit. In Colossians, it says that. Now, under, under God, so he, he is the creator, under God, the angels were created. They are agents of God or messengers. And the scripture indicates there are seven groups of angels. Cherubim, seraphim, living creatures, worshipping spirits, watchers, archangels, and ministering spirits. We only have to do, deal with, or we only deal with usually, the ministering spirits. They are the angels that are sent to help us and to come to salvation and to protect us. The other angels have other functions up in the heavens. 
Des Bicker's seen angels. He's probably seen a few things, this guy. But Des Bicker's has seen angels. I haven't seen an angel. But Des was driving into town one day and he saw angels all the way down the, down the road. I hope you didn't run any over, Des. And yet there is another force in the heavenlies which we need to be aware of. God's most significant opponents was once in a position of power. Lucifer was his name and he was created as an anointed cherub or light bearer or son of the morning. Originally he was the leader of worship of God until pride and rebellion were found in his heart. And he was expelled from heaven. We learn about this, if you don't know, in Ezekiel 24. I ordained and anointed you, as the, God speaking through Ezekiel, as the mighty angelic guardian. You had access to the holy mountain of God and walked among the stones of fire. You were blameless in all you did from the day you were created until the day evil was found in you. Your rich commerce led you to violence and you sinned, so I banished you in disgrace from the mountain of God. That's what happened to Satan. So Satan was expelled by God for rebellion and he took one third of the angels with him. Now we're not going to deal, be concerned too much about Satan. I'm not interested in studying him. I'm only interested in studying Jesus and how he defeated Satan and how to appropriate that defeat at the cross. The primary activities of Satan, according to the scriptures, are to tempt, to deceive, to accuse, to afflict, to oppose God and his purposes, and to bring death. Nasty fellow. And under Satan's control, there are principalities, powers, authorities, and rulers. A whole chain of command. How do we know that? Ephesians 6. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So when husband and wife you are arguing with each other, sometimes there's a demon behind your wife saying, I'm going to push this button, push this button. Sometimes there's a demon behind the husband saying, I'll get you back. And they are fighting and they're coming through us. That's what it says, does it not? We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against great wickedness in the heavenlies. You'll sometimes find that if you're having battles with children. You think, oh, well, they just need to be more, more disciplined and cuff around the back of the head and, and into the room or what have you, whereas you've got a demon hiding behind that wee child, causing all sorts of mischief and problems and the child doesn't even understand what's going on but that's another subject some of these 
principalities and powers seek to rule over nations, religions, people groups, denominations, churches and families. Bill Sabritsky tells the story of when he was flying to Vanuatu to a huge conference, annual Anglican church conference, and that's the only church over there, I think, and it was going to be a big one. When he looked out the window, he saw the word disunity across the clouds, disunity. So he knew what the Lord was saying. The Lord was telling him, that's the strong man over Vanuatu. So when he got there, he preached a sermon about the need to repent for disunity, that disunity is not of God. And the first person that came out was one of the priests from up in the hills that was the cause of the major dissent. They were coming up to elections and he was protesting and causing a lot of problems. He was the first one that came out and he repented. And in fact, all the priests and ministers came forward and repented for there being disunity amongst themselves. It was broken. And what happened after that in Vanuatu, and it's all recorded, is revival began to sweep through Vanuatu. In all the churches, revival began to happen. And this guy that was the first to repent became the prime minister and contacted Bill and told him what had, what had happened. In fact, the same man, dear old Bill, was driving down the, the hill on the way to Railway. I think he was coming to Dargaville, actually. And the Lord said to him, there's a spirit of ullage, U-L-L-A-G-E, over this area. Well, what the heck does that mean? I don't think he knew what it meant either. But what it means is that, you know, with a bottle of wine, if anything leaks out the top, there's a gap. It's not filled to the top. And as I've talked about this word with with, uh, people, and Des has told me that, you know, there have been moves of God through this area, through Ruwai Church, and it's come, the spirit, the power of the spirit has come up, and then it's gone away. It's come up, and then it's gone away. It's come up, and it's gone away, because there's a strong man over this area, and it's called Ullage, and it causes leakage. And we need to bind it and pray against it, and we've been doing that in the prayer meetings. And we need to repent for leaking. That means not continuing to follow on. I delivered this same message to Ararua Church two or three weeks ago. So, of course, I said to the Lord, well, Lord, what's the strong man over Ararua? And the Lord said to me, disinterest. A strong man of disinterest. Now, when I shared that, one person came up to me and he said, Ray, I had five people coming to this service this morning. All said they were going to come. They wanted to hear what you were going to talk about and the subject, and none of them have come. He said that word disinterest, that's what it is. They're not really interested. They're not really interested in the things of God. And so that church is now praying against that, that spirit. They're binding it. And they're expecting things to happen in the area. 
Phil Leaf was saying, I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. I know the Lord's called me to pastor a much wider group than the few people that meet at the Arrow Church. So these things are real. There's a large church in Auckland which I used to attend. And I know an intercessor lady who privately said to me and someone, a few others, as we were sharing about what happens to churches, and told me what she had seen when she was there at a service. While the pastor was preaching, she suddenly saw across the top of the, the, the not the balcony, but the balustrade, a horrible, demonic-looking, gorilla-type figure. A, d- a demon. And it was quite frightening, and she sort of looked around to see if everyone else could see it, and of course no one could. She was seeing it in the spirit. And then that thing changed into a word, and the word was pride. P-R-I-D-E. So as she said that, my spirit said, that's why there's just been a huge split. Pride, a demonic entity over a church. And in that church, beautiful Christian people, evangelists, missionaries, all sorts of wonderful people. And yet that thing was over there waiting to pounce. And it did. Praise God, that church has strengthened itself again and is doing marvellous work. Dr. Neil Anderson who's written some absolutely excellent books on breaking free from demonic strongholds, including the book Release from Bondage, says this. How do you think Satan carries out his worldwide ministry of evil and deception? He is a created being. Unlike God, he is not omnipresent. That means he's not everywhere. He's not omniscient knowing everything. He's not omnipotent. He cannot be everywhere, so he does, he does it through an army of demonic emissaries. So Satan has generals and, and, and all the way down, all around the world, all the way around, all the way down to Ruawai, and then all the way down to us. And that's why we need to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and know what Jesus Christ did for us at the cross so we can deal with these things. Now, some people say that fallen angels are demons, but I don't believe that they are. I believe they are the up in the, up in the stratosphere because the Bible says that many of them, were fallen angels, were thrown into hell, Second Peter 2.4. And some were bound in chains, Jude 6. Demons, on the other hand, are spiritual beings of a low order. They have personality, they can think, they can act, they can speak, they can crave a human body to inhabit through which they work out their desires. A lying spirit needs a tongue to operate through. A spirit of lust needs genitals, and so on and so on. I had a daughter who was about 10 who came to me once and said, Dad, I need help. I can't stop telling lies. When I'm at school, 
I tell people that we live in a beautiful home, that we've got a spa pool and a Mercedes Benz, and I just hear myself telling these ferocious, ferocious lies. And I don't want to, Dad, but I keep on doing it. I said, just repent for lying, sweetheart. She did. I said, put out your tongue. She put out your tongue, put my finger on her tongue. I said, lying spirit, go in Jesus' name. And she sort of gave a bit of a shudder. What was the fruit of that? Within a week later, Dad, it works, it works. I'm not telling lies anymore. There was a spirit there. So they can affect us personally. But in Colossians it says this, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing them over it. So Christ has defeated all those demonic things, even though they still pester us today because we need to do something about it. Now, Derek Prince, Bill Sabritsky, others teach the fact that they believe that there are three very powerful demonic strong men in the world, over the world. The spirit of Jezebel, the spirit of Antichrist, and the spirit of death and hell. How do we know that they're spirits and not just names? Because in Revelation it says each one of them is cast into the lake of fire. So you can't cast a figment of your imagination into the lake of fire. They are real things and they are demonic beings. So where did Jezebel come from? Want to read about it? It's in 1 Kings. Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord more than all those that were before him. And it came to pass, as though it had been a trivial thing to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, he took as his wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ithabel, king of the Sidonians, and he went and served Baal and worshipped him. Then he set up an altar for Baal and etc., etc. That's where we first hear about this name Jezebel. Now she was a woman, but you'll find that through the Bible there are references back to her all the way through, indicating that behind her was a spirit. And we name it Jezebel. It's also called the Queen of Heaven. And you'll find lots of scriptures talking about the Queen of Heaven and the worship of the Queen of Heaven. In Isaiah, even on the aged, this is God speaking through Isaiah, and he's speaking to the spirit. Even on the aged, aged, you laid a very heavy yoke. You said, I am forever the eternal queen. But you did not consider these things or reflect on what, what might happen. Now then, listen, you lover of pleasure, lounging in your security and saying to yourself, I am, and there is none beside me. I will never be a widow or suffer the loss of children. Both of these will overtake you in a moment. That's when Babylon, the city of Babylon, goes down because the city of Babylon is also the spirit of Jezebel. On a single day, loss of children and widowhood, they will come upon you in full measure in spite of your many sorceries and all your potent spells. Sorceries in the Bible is pharmakios. That's an enchantment with drugs. In the Revelation, the Bible says in the last days, the nations will be deceived by sorcery. The nations will be deceived by an enchantment with drugs. 
Do you know that in New Zealand they can't, the police cannot handle the growth in crime which is coming from people feeding their pea habit? It is enormous across this land. You've trusted in your wickedness, etc., etc., and you cause terror. Now, when we go to Revelation, we've gone completely. We're back. It says this. Nevertheless, to the angel of the church in Thyatira, write, I have a few things against you because you allow that woman Jezebel. Jezebel's come back again. But that was back in the Old Testament. So what's it doing in the New Testament? It's because it's the Spirit. You allow that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. What it's really talking about is worship. In, in some churches, there is worship of, of New Age uh, witchcraft, it's not of God and I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality and she did not repent indeed I will cast her into a sick bed and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation unless they re- repent of their deeds so if there's a demonic entity in the heavenlies called Jezebel how do we know whether we are under its influence? You will find that when you're moving in the deliverance ministry that you'll come across people with, and these are spirits and they're also sins. Addictions, adultery, arrogance, broken marriages, deception is the, is the primary thing under Jezebel. Divination, domination, drugs, etc., etc. Lasciviousness, Lust, unclean thoughts, Mormonism, Jehovah's Witness, schizophrenia, Freemasonry, spirits of religion, witchcraft, and domination. The ruling spirit under Jezebel is deception. Note there are four downward steps. Pride in our hearts brings rebellion brings deception, and then brings perversion. In the Jezebelic chain, which is often down through the generations, there's what's called a familiar spirit waiting to attack each family. And it comes at a time of trauma or shock or anger or rejection. Those are the characteristics of Jezebel. Another one is the spirit of Antichrist. In John 1, 2, it says, Little children, it is the last hour, and you have heard that the Antichrist is coming. Even now many, many Antichrists have come, by which you know that this is the last hour. In Thessalonians, it says that that day will not come, that's the return of the Lord, before a falling away and the man of sin is revealed talking about antichrist for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work again it's talking about antichrist now the spirits under the control of antichrist 
are abortion, anger, bitterness, blasphemy, corrupt communications, curses. Murder, nightmares, outbursts of wrath, poverty. Some of the manifestations include sleepiness, extreme yawning. You'll find that some people just can't stay awake under any circumstances. It's usually an indication that there's a spirit. Sometimes when they're watching rugby. (laughs) The The third one is the spirit of death and hell. This sort of thing is only working once every now every now and then, so I've just got to keep going, don't I? In Psalms it says, "My, it says, um, fearfulness and trembling have come upon me. Let death, which is a spirit, seize them, and let them go down alive into hell." In Habakkuk, it talks about. He enlarges his desire as hell and he is like death. What are the spirits under the control of death and hell? Curses such as frequent accidents. Do you know that in some families there are accidents after accidents after accidents? The father was always having accidents, got killed on the, on the farm. The son got run over by a tractor. It just goes on and it goes on. Always a sign of a curse. Succession of deaths in the family, sickness, pain, plagues, breathing problems, guilt, condemnation, sorrow, regrets, hopelessness, loneliness. These are all just signs that there is a strong man over your family or over the generations. Sometimes over your church, over a town. But we've got to remember that we can reverse the curse. These curses that are coming down a family line can be reversed. Matthew says, But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. You know, what happens to these demonic entities in the end? What happens is that each one is cast into hell. You can follow it through yourself. I'm not going to put it up on screen. In Revelation 18, 7 and 8, it refers to what's going to happen to Jezebel. Therefore her plagues will come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she'll be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord who judges her. Revelation. 10.20, the Antichrist and the false prophet. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. Revelation 20, then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Meanwhile, the scriptures tell us this. Ephesians 6, 10 to 11. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armour so that you may be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Des, would you just come up here for a moment? I'm giving you some keys. What can you now do? I can schedule a car. I can get your computer. You can drive and you can power it. 
Oh, yeah. Well, I better take those keys back. Your car, sorry. <laughs> you can. Thanks, Des. So what did Jesus say? How do we deal with these demonic entities over our families and our households and our churches? Jesus said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I know that there's a strong man over my family. I've seen the results of it. There is um, bowel cancer runs down my family line. My father died from bowel cancer. His brother died from bowel cancer. His sister died from bowel cancer. My cousin died from bowel cancer. And I've made sure that I've been checked out thoroughly because there's a strong man causing sickness down, down the line. And I bind that thing and I curse that thing and I remind it that I'm under Jesus. I'm not going to go down un, un, under that. So what's the strong man over your family? In a moment I'm going to ask you to stand because you've been listening for long enough. Thank you very much. And ask the Lord, who is the strong man over my family? Now, when I spoke this in Ararua, a young lady asked the Lord and she heard, heard, heard the Lord say, unbelief. Spirit of unbelief was the strong man over her family. And she said, I would never have known that except that, of course, my dad, his brothers, other people in the family, they just don't believe. And yet they know about God, but they don't believe. And gosh, it affects me. Sometimes I pray prayers and I don't believe that there will be a result. And as soon as she realized that, she started praying prayers, believing that there would be a result, and she has seen those results happen. Just a short testimony that I've just heard about. So let's all just stand. So let's take a minute or so, pray and individually ask the Lord, what is the strong man over, over me, over my forefathers, over my family? Bow your head and ask the Lord. And it's usually the first thing you hear before your mind starts trying to analyse it. Listen to the Lord right now, all of you. These are keys that can set you and your families free. In Jesus. Who is the strong man, Lord, over my family? Who is the strong man over me wanting to rob, steal and destroy my joy and my peace? Who is it, Lord? I want to know. Because when I know, I'm going to stick it to him in Jesus' name and in his power. 
Folks, just look at the screen and let's pray a prayer together. Just say it all, all, all together. Dear Father, in Jesus' name, I renounce the spirit of and speak it out to yourself. I bind you in Jesus' name and I loose myself and my family from your hold. I plead the blood of Jesus and claim him as my Lord and Saviour. I renounce you, Satan, and all your works. Praise God. In Jesus' name, we come against you, spirit of Ulage, over all why. We bind you and we break your power and hold in Jesus' name. We come against you, Jezebel, Antichrist, death and hell. We come against you, adultery. We come against you, poverty. We, we, we come, come against you, alcoholism. We come against you, addictions. Over this town, we bind you and we break your power and hold. We are in agreement that you are bound because Jesus is our Lord and Saviour and he's given us the keys of the kingdom. We have the right to bind you and loose the people of Rulewai to be free to experience the love and the mercy and the power of God. Praise you, Jesus. I want you to go home today and deal with these things with the Lord. Bless you.